I guess the day that Jim Donnelly talked me into uh, taking over the insurance agency, that I still remember that day well. He <laughs> yeah, really okay. wasn't doing a, a whole lot of business. And he says, I think we can make something of this, and I'd like for you to run it. But Jim had all the faith and Andy in the world. I had never been in insurance. And they said, you're the man. Let's go for it. And we, you know, the rest is history. Yeah, that's an incredible amount of confidence to instill in you. And I think I, I think that's why people uh, like us benefit, Ralph. The, the Glockners are really good at giving you a chance to be you, right? And they are. They say, hey, we're going to provide the rooftop, all the back support. We're going to provide the capital. We need your brain power. We need you to work and make this happen. Mm. And they just kind of get out of the way. So you're running your own business inside of their business. This is the way I've always looked at it. That open-mindedness is what leads to this progression. And the new Local Legends Podcast. <laughs> Real small town success stories. We have quite the lineups. to the speakeasy. The amount of love and compassion. The hope that's been bubbling up in the last few years. The finer things about Portsmouth. You just don't see that everywhere. Local legends only. I'm current manager of uh, Glockner Insurance mm-hmm. in Portsmouth, Ohio, for those that didn't know me. Well, welcome to the Local Legends Podcast, Ralph. Well, I'm pleasure to be here. Thanks for joining us, man. You're, you're an important part of the Glockner story and have been uh, around for many years. Know where all the bodies are buried. We need your exp- expertise, right? <laughs> I do. <laughs> well, why don't you just uh, start by just... Um, tell us a little bit about your background, where you came from, how you got involved here. Well, I uh, grew up in a little place up behind Wheelersburg, South Webster, Ohio. I attended the uh, joint vocational school uh, in 79 and 80. And my senior year at the vocational school, Andy hired me on an early placement as a auto mechanic for the Volkswagen Toyota, Honda, Audi, Porsche, and all that stuff when we had all that, mm. those lines. So that's how I got started back in 1980 as a mechanic. I was telling Olivia about that because I th- found that particularly a fascinating part of your entrance is that you were a mechanic. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Bill Davis and Andy Glockner, they, they put me on, put me on the line. And, uh, you know, back in those days, it was only five mechanics is a very small shop, very tight-knit group, and uh, that's where I cut my teeth in the business. Well, yeah, I guess what did you learn from that side of things, Ralph? And how long were you a mechanic? I was a mechanic for five years, mm. uh, and a service manager for 10 or 12 years at that store, at the Toyota Honda store. 
Uh, it was just a great learn, learning experience. You know, we didn't have the inventory back in those days. I can remember if we had more than three or four Toyotas on the lot, we had a bunch. And uh, That's kind of like now, you know. <laughs> it is. It kind of reminds me of now. Interest rates, when I came on, interest rates were, you know, way up there. I can't remember the exact number, but they were north of 10%, maybe. Wow. So it's kind of the same climate we're in right now today. Um, but I learned a business from the bottom up, from the shop, uh, and uh, then on uh, in the service lane, then as a manager of the service department. Mm. Well, I guess uh, kind of what aspirations did you have, Ralph? Did you know uh, where you wanted to progress in the business or what the future looked like? You know, when I was a mechanic, I was happy. I mean, turning wrenches, still today I like to turn wrenches. Mm-hmm. But the opportunity came up. Andy was moving to the from the Toyota store to the Chevy store at that time. Abby, his father, was stepping down, so he was taking over that operation. So there was an opportunity to move up. The guy that I, Bill Davis, was moving from service manager to general manager. And they came to me and said, hey, how would you like to run the shop? I said, well, yeah, absolutely, I'd love to. So that's kind of how it started, the progression of moving up through the company. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess... As, as far as your progression from there, Ralph, I know, like, when when did Ebb introduce the new services at the plaza, f- finance, insurance, compliance, truck and trailer, like, how that all come to be? Because that seems like, I mean, it, it's incredible. I was talking to, to someone about this the other day, that Ebb started that, like, 50 years at this point, almost. At least, yes. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's continued to be such a thriving business and new people involved and it's just incredible that that still is what it is today you know right and that's the department i'm in now and it is amazing that eb probably just started this out of his desk drawer mm-hmm. and said i'm going to do a, f- a leasing company and i'm going to sell heavy trucks uh, I, I don't know exactly the dates on that, but I think it was in the 50s mm-hmm. or early 60s. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really not sure. You have to check me on that. But it is amazing to what it's blossomed into today. Uh, a lot of branches from that, you know, Auto Now, where they're using that same department to finance all these cars. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I've just seen a lot of changes in this company from the little Honda Toyota store, right. Chevy store, to what it is today with all these other dealerships. Well, I'm excited, too, for people to hear your progression and what you do, Ralph, because, you know, when I talk to people on the street or uh, just people that are involved in the business, you, we're known as the family of dealerships. That's kind of most, the most customer uh, facing entity, um, but there's just like a lot of smart people doing a lot of other things behind the scenes, you know? And we we very quietly do a lot of business. <laughs> we really do. We write home and auto, life insurance, annuities. We do a lot of commercial business. Mm. People, A lot of people don't realize what we do out there. And I tell people all the time that, you really, you guys have an insurance agency? Absolutely. Um, we've been in the insurance business since the late 70s. Mm-hmm. Actually, Ebb started the insurance agency, I think, in 77. But I didn't come on board till like 2001 mm-hmm. in the insurance. But we've just very quietly do a lot of business. It's a lot of fun. Well, you, um, 
like I was saying, right, I mean, most people are familiar with some kind of insurance provider, but maybe talk about specifically what you do and, and why you think um, you've been successful at it all these years. Our main niche business is the heavy trucking industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where we spend our, our time marketing. And what we focus on is that long haul, short haul hauler. And we'll try to take care of that trucker with uh, insurance products. We do have a compliance department within our Glockner organization that helps that trucker with his filings. I know this probably sounds Greek to you, but there's a lot of compliance a trucker has to mm-hmm. have to keep him legal out there on the street. And what we found early on was truck drivers are very good at what they do, driving trucks. Mm-hmm. But all this paperwork behind them, they needed a lot of help. And we wanted to be more than just an insurance provider. We wanted to keep them legal. So in that realm, we also offer them financing. We make it pretty doggone easy. Mm. They can come onto our lot. They can buy a truck. They can buy a trailer. They can be financed. They can get insurance and have compliance all in one building. Mm. And we have that happening every single day. It's just a very well mapped out program that uh, Mr. Glockner thought of 50 years ago. Right, right. Yeah, and that one-stop shop, I think, really is what makes your uh, departments and the synergy between you unique. Is like, um, like you're saying, it is It is a lot of hoops to jump through, especially someone that's on the road for 40, 60, 80 hours. I don't know what, you know, but it's... Yes, a- those guys pound in a lot of hours. They really don't have a lot of time. And when they are home, the last thing they want to do is focus on all this compliance and paperwork behind the scenes you know mm. they want to they have to mow their grass and take care of things around the home so it works out really well for us well maybe talk about one of the experiences uh if you have um any top of mind with your customers like any success stories uh you've seen or been proud to be a part of at glockner insurance and compliance man there's so many um i thought about that a lot i i've i've had so many wonderful customers that just you know, keep coming back, mm. and they don't shop me on insurance. They trust me. They know that they let me do all the work as far as shopping it. You know, some of the best customer experiences I've had is that person that stays with you for 20 or 30 years and mm. and stays with you through thick and thin no matter what, and we have those kind of folks. Maybe one of the most unique things that ever happened to me was in the service department. I was a service writer at the time mm-hmm. writing service and I was waiting on this old guy and uh, he was just a, a polite old, old fella I won't say his name but um, anyway he came in one day and he had a boat behind his vehicle and he handed me the keys to it he said you've done so well I've given you that boat <laughs> so you didn't see that one coming, Ralph. Is that yeah. <laughs> didn't see that one coming. I get emotional thinking about it. <laughs> That's incredible, man. Well, yeah, there's like uh, there is some like incredible one-to-one interactions, especially like where we live in this like small, rural, tight-knit community. You know, it's a whole different level of, of uh, quality, and things are, are so much more personal than you know, like more high-track transaction areas. They have to be, you know. But what I've always found, if you treat people like you want to be treated, mm-hmm. it's all downhill from there. Sure, no doubt. Um, 
maybe talk about how you've seen your department change uh, over the years, Ralph. Like, um, how have you developed things? Uh, what do you think? Maybe some experiences that uh, the our entrepreneurs and, and business owners are listening can learn from. Like, where have you seen the biggest changes made? Well, my uh, in the insurance agency, the biggest changes is market. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the market space in an agency, uh, it, it's hard to grow. And from where we started 20-some years ago to now, we have some of the best carriers that we are representing in the industry. When we first started, we had none. We started from, from nothing. So to earn those carriers' trust and to keep building onto that has been very gratifying. Mm. So that's probably the biggest change I've seen in the insurance agency, just being able to attract really good carriers mm. that want to support our community and you know have really good insurance products. Right, right. So that's, that's probably the biggest thing there. In the car industry, what I've seen ch- change, obviously it was really small when I first started with this company. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, what it's grown to today with all the other add-ons, the dealerships, it just, you know, my head spins at, at the number of cars we are selling today right. than what we were 20, just 20 years ago. Yeah. So huge change there. And the reason we're getting those opportunities is because of what we did, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago mm. by treating our customers fair by holding good customer relations and selling cars. And, you know, if you do things right, good things happen to you. Of course, yeah. And uh, that's well articulated, Ralph. So what I've, I feel like I've been in the conversations I've been having with just different people, um, like the kick that I've kind of been on is like we spent so much time as local businesses and even maybe at Glockner at times, like trying to compare ourselves to these bigger competitors, like for, for the uh, – you know, when Carvana came about, they, they made big disruption, big waves, um, e- even like uh, Amazon, Tesla, like, um, but what they do is uh, not what we do. And, and they, they can't be us, essentially, you know what I mean? Like the worst mistake we can make is try to spend our time being them. Um, but like you're saying, Glockner, we've gotten these opportunities because of our specific effort. And we're, we hold real estate down in the communities that we serve. We're serving people that we're friends with and family with. And, you know, um, that's something particularly unique that we can continue to lean into, right? Exactly. And I've not seen that change very much bet- from Andy's father, Abby, down to Tim, Mike, and Joe, who are running the company now. Mm. That same core value is there. Hey, sure. Let's take care of our customers. We want to be in business another 100 years. Right. So we're going to support our community and our customers. Mm. Well, uh, let's touch on that, where, you're, uh, where you've been a part of multiple generations of the Glockners at this point, where Eb was involved with the business when you came on. Uh, your, your dealings with Andy and his office is still down, just down the hall from you. Um, and then, uh, and then what Tim, Mike and Joe have done to continue to expand their multi-generational family vision. Um, I guess, what have you seen them do that has made them be successful and perpetuate this from generation to generation? I mean, that's a pretty uncommon thing. It, it surely is. Um, I think most businesses fail in what third generation, mm-hmm. something like that. But I think it's been so different with the, the Glockners 
they really believed in the, the local community. They really liked what they were doing. I really, if you don't like what you're doing, if you're mm -hmm. just peeling the money out of it. But I f feel they just had a general calling to this business, the car business. Uh, not really much has changed. I mean, of course, Tim, Mike, and Joe have a different personality than like an Andy. Um, Andy did real well. He built on what Abby had started, took some of Abby's uh, companies and made them better. Mm -hmm. uh, the boys have done the same thing. Uh, they've taken what Andy had started and added to that. I'm very proud of them. They, they didn't stop. They could have just taken what was handed to them and, and been just fine probably, but they wanted to grow mm. and get more. And when the opportunities came up, they didn't hesitate. They said, well, all right, we'll just buy that other dealership. Right, right. Uh, so very proud of them. They, they've done really well. And um, Clay Johnson, were you involved with him when he was here? A little bit. Yeah, much. okay. But when uh, there, there's on his previous episode of the podcast where he's just telling um, some stories of legal dealings with him. It, it is wild that like you have this, um, this small town local business and people in it that are so ambitious that are still such incredible entrepreneurs, you know what I mean? And so in hearing those stories about how, um, you know, they have, you have this legacy business and our, the service drive keeps us busy. The sales floor is busy. What you do is busy, but we still make time to push and progress and, um, you don't want to be try something new. And that's a, that's a particularly interesting combo, especially for a place like this. Right. Well, can you imagine all the, um, just experience mm -hmm. down through the years that they've all handed down? Right. You know, it's just amazing to me when I look back to see the numbers that we're doing now today, it's, uh, it's just mind blowing here, here in Soda County, Ohio. Yeah. It's amazing. No doubt. Um, Ralph, like what, uh, have been some of the more memorable, day, memorable days of your career? So your customer gave you a boat. That's a good one. But, uh, anything else that, um, you know, conversations you've had, uh, with other department heads or with the Glockners or customers, um, like what sticks fresh in your mind? Well, the whole group of key managers have, are really good to work with. Mm. I mean, we all look at how can we make it better yeah. and, and to communicate with each other. And if I have a thought or an ideal of something I want to try, I will bump that off a couple of these other guys mm -hmm. that maybe have already tried this before I go into it. And it's a pretty tight knit group. Mm. Uh, so as far as things has happened over the years, just been a, a bunch. I, I can't nail down one specific thing. Sure. I guess the day that Jim Donnelly talked me into uh, taking over the insurance agency, that I still remember that day well. <laughs> yeah, how'd that conversation go? Well, he, we'll have to get the main conversation from Jim, but he, he came to him and he said, I, I've got this thought that, you know, we need an in, we really need to take our insurance agency and make it do something because it had been setting almost dormant from the 70s until 2000. It was kind of just like a plug into everything else. Exactly. Yeah, it really okay. wasn't doing a, a whole lot of business. And he says, I think we can make something of this, and I'd like for you to run it. I'm like, man, I don't know anything about insurance. 
He said, well, I, you were still a service writer at the time. I was actually had left Glockner's for three years and oh, wow. I was working for my family business. Oh, my okay. family has a manufacturing business. So, but I wanted to get out of that. I found it real quick. <laughs> I, I needed to be in retail. Yeah. So anyway, Jim talked me into coming back and it was a really good move on my part. But Jim had all the faith and Andy in the world. I had never been in insurance. And they said, you're the man. Let's go for it. And you know, the rest is history. So that was a big leap for them. Of to, course. To, to take a guy off the street, more or less, and say, here's this insurance agency. We, they had just purchased a, a smaller agency. And we want you to learn the business, and we want you to run it. Yeah, that's an incredible amount of confidence to instill in you, and I think I, I think that's why people uh, like us benefit. Ralph is that it, with Jim and I had a huge conversation about this uh, when he joined us for the podcast, which is essentially like um, the the Glockners are really good at giving you a chance to be you, right? They are. They say, hey, we're going to provide the rooftop, all the back support. We're going to provide the capital. We need your brain power. We need you to work and make this happen. Mm. And they just kind of get out of the way. So you're running your own business inside of their business. This is the way I've always looked at it. Yeah, of course. And I think that maybe that's just the key uh, to success, uh, to, to work, collaborating with one another in a, an economic environment like this in the first place, you know, right. um, is just really, um, it's just really allowing room at the table for other opinions. And I think that's what, that open-mindedness is what leads to this progression. And Right. Uh, yes, let let him do let the manager do what he needs to do, hold him accountable, which they do, you know, with monthly meetings and mm-hmm. your numbers. Right, those your, matter. Those matter. Yeah, <laughs> you that's your report card every month, <laughs> yeah. and they do matter, right. and they will hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. But as long as you're you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, it's a wonderful family yeah, to be yeah. working for. And when it doesn't go well. They're there to put their arm around you and say, all right, what do we need to do to right. make this work? Because I've been in this situation several times. And the way, even the way you phrase that is completely on par with like one of my favorite things about Tim is I don't think he's ever told me no on anything. What he does is like he asks me a question, like exactly like this. What do we need to do? He won't give you an answer to anything. It's like he asks you the question, and then you have to walk through and find the answer for yourself, you know? Exactly. And I think we all learn more that 100%, way. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's like Socratic dialogue. You know what I mean? It's a lot more of a, uh, of a, um, like thinking exercise than just telling you yes or no, you know? And that's, that's, that's a powerful thing. It's a lot like his father, Andy. <laughs> Same way. Well, what do we need to do? Let they have, me a, help they have a way of doing that, of like letting you know, uh, what they think and kind of guiding you in the right direction or making you realize like, Oh man, just by the way you asked that, I, this 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 is underdevelopment, De- underdeveloped. Like I didn't even think about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. And uh, I think that's just part of the the entrepreneurial spirit that's uh, that's here for sure. Formative mentors. Now we're, we're talking about like the Glockners, like as a is a plural thing. Um, but maybe uh, people here or specific interactions that you've had that's like taught you the most and helped you progress. Well, of course, our parents, you know, mm. my, I had great parents, so that was a big influence on me. Uh, in the business, um, of course, Andy and Abby, mm. outside the business, you know, 
John Downey, Temple Baptist Church. Right. Yeah, guys like that, just top quality people. I've been lucky. I've had a, a just a, a ton of, of good mentors. Jim Donnelly, for one. Jim and I spent a lot of time together early in my career at the insurance agency. And he was always open door and always ready to, you know, to help me try to find the answer. Because mm. it was a struggle at first. I, you don't start any business and not have a struggle. Mm. But... Uh, that uh, are the main ones right. in my life, but uh, my parents mainly. Right, of course, yeah. Um, and uh, maybe that's not coincidental to just like the fi- family dynamic that they have here. You know, it's interesting when your business partners are also your family members or your spouse, and they often are, you know. Um, and uh, I think that's been a key uh to their success as well as like, I know, um, Tim admired Ebb way before he admired the business. You know what I mean? It was, it was about making him proud and being someone that he wanted to be. And that, that, uh, those ethics, those deeper values other than like understanding the difference between gross and net profit, you know, is what drove, uh, is probably the deeper driving thing that's, that's making this happen here, you know? Sure. And I can also remember when I first started, I was green, green. Mm-hmm. At a vocational, they teach you the basic. Right. I mean, you know how an engine basically works. We had a core group of mechanics. I don't think any of them are left. I know they're not. Mm-hmm. Just thinking back. But they were so gracious in teaching me the business. You know, mm-hmm. this is how you do this. And... Uh, I look back, they they were wonderful, and we had a service manager, Bill Davis, which you know Bill, uh-huh. and he was very supportive, and he got me the training I needed to to move on. So there was just a, a you know a bunch of help mm. uh, to get started, and I think it's still here today. I still see it today. Yeah, it's still here. All you have to do is reach out and say, "Hey, man, I'm I'm lost here. Can you help me?" Right. There's right. people that will help you. Yeah, and I think it's just, it like the culture that we want to have here, and that um, that uh, we do is like all of us influencing each other. You know, either at the department head meeting or just in um, our individual departments. Like, you know, Nick Dingle, for instance, was the person that like pushed me to publish the first episode of the podcast. Like, it was it was solely him, and just the conversations I had with him back and forth. You know what I mean? And uh, like uh, I have him to thank for what's come out of it. You know what I mean? So I think we're all continually pushing each other and, and have like a little bit of a, of like a co- competitive spirit with one another, you know, and all of that. It is. And we have to do that as, as employees. I mean, the Glockers can't run this business by themselves. No. Yeah. They need our help and we need to support them and we need to work together to make right. it work. Right. Yeah. It's like, uh, and that, that's, that's a good point, Ralph. Like we're, um, I think more a part of the story than I think some people and some of our employees realize because people come to Glockner, but they know, they like, uh, they don't expect a Glockner to greet them at the door. It's like, we're kind of an, an extension of this vision that we're all sharing together and be, very much become like family, you know? Yeah. Very well put. And it's, it's hard for some employees to, to grasp that. Yeah. But, um, uh, most do, I think. Mm. Yeah, and uh, just the, it really is an invitation to, to be a part of something bigger than yourself, whoever you're working with. Like, 
I, I think a failing mentality and something that being here has, has changed me into is like, I think, um, when I started, I was like pursuing my dream. I was trying to make my reality come true, you know, and, and instead I was asking the wrong question. It was like the question I needed to be asked is how, how can I, uh, help others dream, help their dreams come true, like serve others kind of thing. You know what I mean? Because you, you have no market value if you're worried about yourself. Seriously, you know? It is. That was always Andy. How, how can we serve these folks? Yeah, yeah. Solve a, solve an actual problem. You know? Exactly. I think it's written on our steps out there. Yeah, it sure is, man. Well, Ralph, yeah, I got, I got one. I'll start. You ready? Okay, you start. <laughs> so we're, uh, we, like myself, Mike Glockner, and Jim Donnelly visited the counseling center. They have that uh, Hawk, like health and wellness center, um, for people currently in treatment. And so, um, because TCC is like one of our community partners, and we sponsor a few things with them, and we're looking to like um, actually help uh, help employ some of their techs, like some of the people that have, uh, I think it's ASE certification. Am I saying that right? Yep, ASC certifications uh, that are looking for employment. So we're trying to be kind of a uh, an upline for them, and you know, identify when we can help. But so we go and visit um, these guys that are like fresh out of the program, and Jim's with us, and you know, Mike's talking about service. And then it's Jim's turn to uh, say whatever's on Jim's mind. So that's, you know, you always know, like, well, you're curious of what's, <laughs> what's going to come out. <laughs> he said a few things that I thought were pretty profound about the, just the company culture and the way we do things here. First thing he said was that uh, that uh, we're a for-profit venture, and he wants to make that very clear, and that uh, basically... Um, you know, although that's true, we don't, we haven't lasted this long, 170 years by, by uh, punching our customers in the face every time there's a chance for profit, right? So, <laughs> you know, clarifying uh, just that service really is at the heart of it. But then he clarified and his closing statement was, um, but just so you all know, you know, we have, we have winners on the team and we give you every resource we possibly can for you to be a winner. But just to, just to clarify, breaking even is for losers. Do you have to make money? <laughs> And we want you to make money. <laughs> I've heard that same speech a few yeah. times. <laughs> that one, uh, I think I'm going to have to get uh, a breaking even is for losers shirt for Jim. That's I think that's one of my departing, departing garments that has to happen. I will chip in on that one. <laughs> but breaking even isn't okay. So I, I totally agree with him. Stories, there's. 20 or 30 coming to my mind here. In the business, you know, I was there when Andy was young. Mm -hmm. And people probably don't realize that one time Andy had a temper. Mm. And you I've heard rumor of this. I've heard rumor. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's overcome that. But he, he would get upset every now and then. It took a lot to upset him. Mm. But when he did finally break, um, it was funny. But I can remember one instance in our showroom. He always backed his managers, mm. no matter what. If, if a customer was giving us a hard time, he would try to mediate, but he, 
he never threw us under the bus. He always had our side, unless we were wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, then he would scold us. But anyway, I can remember one instant a guy had a Volkswagen. I, I can't remember what was wrong with it, but this guy was roughing us up pretty bad in, in service. And I had turned my back to go out. And all of a sudden, these guys start running by me. Well, Andy and this customer were rolling around on the showroom. <laughs> had actually gotten into a, uh, a rumble <laughs> over a Volkswagen that we was having trouble fixing. And uh, that's one of the f memories I have <laughs> of yeah, Andy and his you know, suit out there rolling around rumbling with the, the customer. That didn't happen, but a couple times in the career. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he, you knew he always had your back, and he would never back down. If he thought he was right, he would never back down. I can, I can picture Andy uh, in that suit with the hair and the mustache and everything, man. Yeah, <laughs> throwing down. It, it might have been the plaid suit, too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish we still had that. We would frame it. No, I think the most memorable thing that Andy's ever told me was uh, on his episode of the podcast, he was mm -hmm. talking about, how when he started working Glockner, when basically his his dad called him and was like, "Son, I I need your help. I need your help running. Uh, I I need you to run." And what what became Andy's truck and what was it truck and uh, Andy's car and truck center? Right. Andy's car and truck center. There's still a plaque in the uh, delivery bay that says that that shows you know the business DB one. But uh, the most memorable thing he told me is the first. Um, year or two of the business, he came home and quit every day. Like every day, he told Barb that he quit. You know, <laughs> which is a, you know, a lot of growing pains inheriting something this big, especially when you're. Oh man, I can't imagine. Like he was what twenty four, twenty five. You think when he started, there's a ton of pressure. Ton of pressure. Ton of pressure. He was twenty eight, twenty seven or twenty eight when I came on. Mm. And still, I mean, the car business wasn't a whole lot of fun back in those days, especially in a. You know, a, a foreign an import mm. dealership that hadn't really taken off yet. Right. Uh, so, yeah, it was a, a real learning experience mm. getting through that. Uh, but Andy handled it well, obviously. It's still out there, and it's uh, been one of our biggest winners. Yeah. Um, other than that, I, like, I guess one of the most formative things for me while I've been here has been just hearing about the Glockner story straight through Eb Glockner, but you know, Eb's been, uh, been gone for quite a while now. So it is kind of a unique, like, I just remember seeing that like four hours of footage that Eb had recorded of himself telling the story and telling his thoughts on the family lineage and everything. And just thinking like, who does that? Like, you know what I mean? Who takes the time to inform the next generation and do so in a way that like, you know, me coming in, never even having the chance to meeting or, or knowing of him, that I would be able to uh, do my job better and serve others better uh, through his efforts. You know, that's pretty pretty uncommon. So, it, it, you know, it always sticks with me. Ed was never afraid of a microphone and to tell his story, <laughs> for sure. He was an interesting chap. Yeah, but I think uh, it does speak to, like, you know, that was one of the goals of this is to maybe perpetuate that spirit of like entrepreneurship and excellence in the city, you know, in the same way he did that for me. Like, how can we, uh, through our stories and what we're telling, um, how can we put on the next generation, like give someone else uh, the next step up, you know, what does Ralph Carty abide by every day or what have you found to be winning principles? Well, sharing, 
uh, I've always been taught to share your knowledge and you know share your wealth. Um, that's one of the things that I think that I was instilled by Andy Glockner in me. Mm. Uh, you know, if somebody needs help, help them if they're helping themselves. Right. And once you gain somebody, like a customer, for instance, once you you do what you say you're going to do, and you underpromise and overdeliver, it will. Uh, you know, those values, they will see that in you and continue to come back to you. Mm. Uh, That's one thing for my young agents that come in the insurance agency. I I try to every single day say, man, don't overpromise and Mm underdeliver what you're going to do for somebody because they'll call you out on it. And once you lose that trust with the customer, it's it's hard to gain it back. Right. So, you know, be honest in your dealings and do what you can. But if you if you make a mistake, own it, and fall on your sword, and it'll just all be better for you. Right. Just to just to add to that sentiment, uh, Billy Deaver on uh, his time on the pod was, I think, is saying is a uh, bite off more than you can chew, but chew like hell. That's what he said. <laughs> I like that. I liked that approach. You know what I mean? But. It, it it and sometimes you have to just <laughs> right chew faster because you do take on projects that maybe sometimes are over your head right but you don't want to let your your staff or the company down and you just have to keep digging mm-hmm. I've had that happen several times when I've taken on something I didn't particularly know a whole lot about and I had to do a lot of of training mm-hmm. in order to be able to write a risk right. for instance like a, a huge manufacturing project but you know we got in there we dug and we figured out how to do it right right and i think that's the that's the spirit that we we approach things with and and need to approach things with is like uh sometimes you you can't avoid the like oh i've made a mistake i mean i'm in too deep but you know what i mean this is not what i anticipated but then then you just have to deliver on what you said you know and i think that's what differentiates what we've been doing you know don't give up Mm mm-hmm just keep on pushing forward, but be honest and all the way. Well, last question here, Ralph. Uh, uh, maybe for someone new that's coming into business, you you mentioned a new insurance rep, but just Glockner Enterprises in general, if you have a day one employee and you're, you're tasked to kind of sit them down and um, tell them how they can be successful here in, in this community, what would you say? Well, I've done this a few times with new folks coming in, different divisions, and I just say, look at look at my story. You just keep plowing, educate yourself, work hard, show up every day. Um, you know, treat your customer like you want to be treated, and, and run a business inside their business is my best advice I can give you. Mm. Run it like it's yours. They'll stand behind you, um, and there's a lot of opportunity within Glockners. Mm. I know there's a lot of opportunity out there everywhere, but where can you go that you're not just punching a clock and doing the same thing every day? You're coming in. It's no different than me owning my insurance agency down on the corner. They're not micromanaging me. I know what I need to get done. I know the numbers of my goals I need to get to. Mm-hmm. I just you try to find a way to get it done. And so, you know, running your business inside of their business is my best uh, advice. Mm. 
Well, Ralph, I'll just say for everybody, man, we're thankful you're here. You're an awesome teammate. Um, and just, uh, well, you know, you. I, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't lie about this. I have literally, and I've heard plenty of people say bad things about plenty of people, but I have never heard anyone say a single bad thing about Ralph Hartie, <laughs> man. <laughs> so your reputation precedes you, and uh, you're a quiet man of action. We appreciate everything you do here and uh, being a part of this. Thank you so much. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye.